Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I come to work with two hands every day and I'm trying to bless somebody. We better be in Florida. It better be sunny. And there better be some sort of fruity drink involved. With Matt Harmon. It seems like you know ball the way you talk, so. <laughs> Thank you. Someone clip that. You can get on a podcast. You can get online. You can argue with the clouds. You can argue with the, with the Russian bots. Don't care. It's Wednesday, November 16th, and that means it's time for another awesome episode of Eckler's Edge. Joining me, obviously, as always, is L.A. Chargers running back Austin Eckler. Austin, my guy, how's it going, man? Yo, what's good, Matt? Welcome back, man. Uh, it's, it's going. It's going, man. It's you know, I have a love-hate relationship with the NFL. <laughs> love-hate, man. It's, it's like, man. Like, you feel good, have a good week of practice, go out there, lose. Ah, oh, like, I just have this, like, this feeling in my stomach that I'm just like, ah. Because, like, there's things I could have done better. We could have done better as a team. You know, feel like we could have won the game. But, you know, that's up and down. And, like I said, the hate, love-hate relationship uh, of the NFL. Yeah, the, so the ups that, and downs. The frustration. I mean, I imagine it's very frustrating. But, uh, you know. Oh, man. Like, you put so much work in every single week, right? And all of this time, right? Um, this is what makes the NFL so competitive. That's why people, so many people think it's rigged is because they don't realize that we all put in hours and hours and hours of, of time. And that's why it's super competitive. So the things that happen is like, wow, like how that's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy because we've been preparing for this stuff. That's a whole nother conversation. Do you think the NFL is rigged? No, I don't think I don't think it's rigged. I okay, mean, good, on. good. You're not one of those. We can keep the show going. Now. No, my God. I mean, <laughs> I've been seeing more and more of this, man. Where I'm just like, these people, like, how do they? How could you say it's rigged? Like, we're out there competing, unless they're like, maybe there's some involvement from the refs, I guess. But it's like, even then, most of the crazy stuff that's happening is player based. Yeah, you know, it's not even based on the penalties or things like that. So, yeah. Anyway, I think that people feel that way. Well, number one, it's a coping mechanism like they they bet on something or a fantasy thing or their team or whatever. It's like, oh, man, it, it has to be rigged because I was so sure that, that this guy was going to go over his prop total or I was so sure that, you know, this team was going to beat that team by this many points. And then it doesn't happen like, oh, right. it must be rigged. I mean, that is that's a coping mechanism for sure. <laughs> um, but I don't I don't know how anybody who does it does this professionally. Like, I, I mean, I've been I've been covering the NFL in one way or another 
since like 2013 is when I like started my own website, something like that. Like, I don't know how anybody could be doing it, you know, that long. That's not even that long. Um, and think it's, think it's rigged. I mean, that would be, you'd be, yeah, you see crazy stuff happen every single week, man. Like, so yeah, that's why this is one of the, you know, most popular sports in the world. Yeah. Cause we're putting in the work and it's super competitive and crazy stuff happens all the time and it's unpredictable. Um, even though you think, you know, the Eagles are going to win, you know, on Monday night, you know, guess what? They're undefeated. Washington went out there. Eagles had a bunch of turnovers uh, and played a little bit more sloppy than Washington did. And Washington got the win. So that's how that's how this stuff rolls, man. It's crazy. Yeah, we're going to talk about Monday Night Football here in just a second. But uh, before we do, of course, want to give you a chance to uh, prop up your giveaways, talk about that. And I also, before you, when you move on to that, I want you to address um, – getting your ass kicked kind of on the hot ones uh charges collab there with with some of those uh some of those spicy Ooh. wings that had you and i saw the video saw the video on twitter man and you were like you legit oh, legit looked like you just got out the like got out the pool man people people thought it was fake so yeah let me plug the giveaway real quick we just got one giveaway going on this week it's the usual the uh fantasy football uh jersey giveaway that we do make sure you post if you have me on your starting lineup not even starting lineup, just on your team uh, i'm probably in your Are you starting there? you're in the starting lineup not. bro <laughs> I, would, I would assume i'm in the starting lineup but anyway post if you have me on your team to instagram make sure you tag me or on twitter and then that will enter you in to win the giveaway for uh, my jersey but um going into the hot ones yeah people people thought it was fake for those of you that don't don't know what the hot ones is they ask you a very controversial question that if you answer, you're probably going to get some uh, some backlash for, or you can decide to eat one of these extremely hot wings that progressively get hotter down the down the line as you go. And for me, hot Cheetos make me sweat. So like, it's, it doesn't take a lot for me to get like get like some, a little bead of sweat going, you know, when I'm eating spicy foods. But I love spicy foods; I'll still eat it. Um, and uh, yeah, needless to say, it wasn't just a little spicy. Like it was mouth on fire contemplating what the heck is going on i remember i was with kyle vanoy and he was getting his question asked and then he asked he asked me a question i i literally didn't i didn't hear anything he said (laughs) i even said it i was like bro i didn't hear a word you said because my face right now is on fire and i can only focus on the pain that is happening (laughs) in my face and as that's happening sweat is literally dripping down people literally thought it was fake they like sprayed me with like a bottle like no like i don't know what it is and it's only my head only my head is just profusely sweating when i eat spicy food so yeah uh, i took an l on the hot ones uh for sure well uh it was incredible people can go check the video out i saw the chargers twitter account tweeted out you can go find it there obviously i'm sure um it's all over the internet so yeah you can go check that out you're you're a little set up to fail by the way with the angle of the camera (laughs) and the fact that you've got the shaved head like yeah that's gonna it's noticeable yeah noticeable yeah yeah that's probably why they chose me you know maybe that show is is set up for you to fail that's the point you know so you're going into a a scenario where it's it's a lose-lose (laughs) <laughs> yes, that is for sure. All right, Monday Night Football. We want to hit on. I just want to hit on this real quick with you um, because I'm curious about it from a player perspective. Uh, Commanders 32, Eagles 21. Um, real, real crazy game. Um, some twists there at the end. Obviously, there's no more undefeated teams in the NFL. But I kind of want to talk to you about um, ODU's finest, Taylor Heineke. I'm like right down the street from ODU uh, here in Virginia Beach right now. Uh, so I'm I'm fully in. Um, Taylor Heineke country here. He's three and one this year with wins over the Packers, the Colts and the Eagles. Um, you know, I'm watching him 
I iced up on the plane ride home is what uh, Lord Podcast producer John put on the outline. I mean, literally, he's got the chains doing the Kirk Cousins thing. He's also got oh, a bucket, no. a bucket full of but like the camo bush light uh, next to him. The, his teammates are gassing him up. I mean, you could see how much the commanders roster, you know, even last year when they're the Washington football team, like they they love this dude. He is like an underdog, underdog story. I was actually at Taylor Heine- yeah. Taylor Heineke's first ever college football game at ODU because my sister went to ODU, which is, again, why I'm, why I'm here right now. Um, so Taylor Heineke's weirdly been in my life for a long, long time. Uh, but anyways, point of all this I'm asking you is like, look, the team goes out. They they trade for Carson Wentz as sort of like a distressed asset after a, a year with the Colts where they wanted to get him out of there. They're, they clearly think like, okay, as much as I like Taylor Heineke, he's he's a limited player, limited arms, arm strength, stuff like that. He, he definitely writes some checks that his arm cannot cash uh, is the way I'd put it there. But, but the guys love him, and they've won with this guy before. They're winning with him now. At, w- at what point do, does Washington kind of look around and say, like, yeah, I know we made this investment with Carson Wentz, but we win, and we just seem to have, like, a clear identity with Heineke under center, and we just kind of ride with what's working right now. Man, <laughs> there's so many factors that play into it. Um, one being money. Yep. You know, you, if you're paying guy, if you're paying guys, typically, I would say in most scenarios, you want to see those guys on the field, right? Because you're paying them. Um, and that it comes down to if it's not working, which I only caught the last uh, bit of the game last night, and then haven't really been keeping up with the Commanders all that that much during the season. But if it's not, if something's not working, then I think you'd be a fool not to to try something that you know has been working for you. Um, but it depends on you're asking me when does that when does that line of when you consider something that new is working or it's not just like hey like we should have beat these teams or like maybe uh, Carson Wentz would have got that job done as well. Um, you know, like when do you draw that line and? It really comes down to, I guess, you know, it's going to come down to above the players. That's above the players. And it might even come down to above uh, coaching as well. It's true. Coming down from from the GM um, and maybe even ownership is if they're involved. Um, where it's like, hey, who do they want to see? And that's coming down from top. And guess what? When that happens, there's no there's no no decisions that can be made uh, from uh, from coaches. It's, it is what it is. And that's that's the part of our, our industry that really people don't see. Um, is is the ownership side and how that can have you know consequences and implications with what is actually being on the field. Uh, you don't see it until you know coaches getting fired or rehired or things like that. You know, shout out to you know the the indie the indie coach out there. What's his name? Jeff Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> got his first win, baby. <laughs> got his first win. So man, for me, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. You know, you got a guy who's who's hot. You know, might give Carson Wentz a chance when he gets back, and then. Um, you know, if that's not going on, I would say, yeah, they're probably going to give him a chance when he comes back, right? Like, wh- what injuries is he dealing with right now? I think it's a, it's something to his throwing hand. I, I forget, but he's he's like on a, like I, a finger or something. Yeah, I think a thumb. Uh, he's on IR right now. Like, I think he's eligible to come back this week. But this might be one of those situations where, it's like, okay, Carson, like, get get really healthy. You know, like get a hundred percent before you come <sighs> Man. back. I feel like I don't know. I, I I don't know a lot about the situation, but I feel like it's going to be one of those where like Carson, you're coming out, but you're kind of on the hot seat right now, right? Because we got a guy who's been playing, and so it's like, like there's pressures on. Pressures always on us to play, but now it's even more because this guy's been winning games. You know, whether it's been, you know, necessarily because of him or because of just the teams that they've been playing and the scenarios that have played out. You know, the Eagles had three turnovers, so that definitely right. uh, 
helps you win games and, you know, a costly penalty at the end. Um, so it's like, look, there's a hot seat for Carson. I think he's going to, you know, be back in the starting lineup, which when he comes off, but then it's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting. Cause I, I already know those Washington fans, you know, they're going to start, if Carson doesn't do play, play well in the home stadium, guess who they're going to be chanting? You Heineke. Know? Yeah. So they were, they yeah, were, cha- they were chanting his name, name uh, on the Vikings game right before he threw like a brutal interception. That's a, I don't know. They, oh. It's just one of those things. I'm not usually like the, okay, the backup's hot, like play the backup type guy, but it's, it is one of those. It's just one of those situations where they've played with Heineke before, like they know who he is and the the team yeah. clearly likes him. He gets the ball to their best player, Terry McLaurin in the passing game more effectively than Carson Wentz had at least start in the early part of the season. And you know, Wentz, this is his third NFL team, right? It's not as if this is uh, like, okay, he's, he, he's brought in here as a first round pick. He's rookie quarterback, something like that. It's like, we're kind of at the point of like, we know who both of these guys are, but you know, that's my personal evaluation of the player and not necessarily like, again, all of the inter inter, politic type stuff that that's going on in the front yeah. office and you know last point i'll make on that is that they know who both these guys are and they still brought in um, carson wentz you know even when they had heineke there before so that kind of shows you like hey they're like yeah these guys are good backup but we want someone with a little bit more experience maybe um to take that head realm so i think yeah it's gonna be carson for sure coming back yeah and taylor's even said it himself he's like in the Pre, pre before last night like hey if they want me as the backup i'll be the best backup if they want me as a starter i'll be the best starter i can be yeah, so i like that yeah, man yeah, yeah this guy he, he, he's willing to play the role that best helps the team you know and whether that's him coming in and backing up or starting like whatever it is that's that's the mindset you got to have right that's a team player i love that yeah not causing any problems hey you ever had a, a bucket of bush light on the uh <laughs> on, on the seat next to you on the on the jet ride home uh. No, this this body does not touch beer. <laughs> this body, you know, stays away from from uh, all the beers. Um, you know, and even in alcohol in general, especially during season. Ah, you yeah. know, I'm not trying to get dehydrated out here. You're like, I got to keep this body healthy. Man, I can't be putting toxins in. Don't put toxins in your body out there. Yeah, you know? I'm. Uh, I do my best when it comes to health and fitness, but. Uh... Yeah, the the beer thing. That'd be nice if I could. <laughs> we all have hurdles. We all have vices, Austin. We do. We do. We, we do. Have, we do. It's fair. That's we fair. all we have do. hurdles to mine, cross. Mine are hot Cheetos. I like. I slam some hot Cheetos. There so we go. There we, we go. definitely do. All right. You know? Well, let's move on to a much more pleasant topic here. 49ers 22, Chargers 16, man. Um, Is that pleasant? Uh, it was be- I, I don't think that's pleasant, Matt. I don't, that's unpleasant for me. Depends on who, who you're talking to. <laughs> it might have, might have been a, a small, small bit of sarcasm. Um, my friend. Ah, but, okay, okay. You know, okay. You know, seven catches, twelve targets. Again, I mean, you've you've said this many times, Austin. Like, it's great that you're putting up these catch totals in in fantasy, and like, you know, you're you're keeping your your floor and your ceiling afloat for the fantasy folks out there. But it's not necessarily what you want to be doing out there. You're not 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 necessarily what um, you're hoping for, at least uh, from a production angle. You want to be more efficient on the ground, everything like that. Yeah, I mean. I'm not opposed to catching balls, but it's if like, like, hey, this is schemed up for me to actually yes. catch this ball, you know, like a lot of these are just check downs because no one's open kind of thing, mm-hmm. which is fine, too. But it's like we got to get guys open, right? <laughs> like we got to get open uh, so we can push the ball. We can move the sticks. You know, we've been uh, struggling, um, um, struggling just to, to con- sustain drives. You know, we came out the gates hot, right? Converted on two third downs, went right down the right down the field and scored, right? Um, and then our we just dropped off a cliff, man. 
um, and weren't able to sustain drives, even you know, off of a block punt, off of a turnover, uh, where those are crucial, right? It's going to be really hard to win games uh, if you're only kicking field goals and punting the ball as much as we did. So, and it it's tough too when when you're uh, when the other team's running the ball, right? They ran the ball, I don't know, like 41 times. Yeah. Well, guess what happens when that happens? Well. They're gonna have a lot of time of possessions, right? Right. The, like the, they're holding on to the ball forever, right? So we can't go in there and you know put up field goals, right? We the thing is we had we had the lead most of the game, and they're still running the ball on us. So it's like, guys, like all we need is like a field goal or a touchdown, or something in this second half um, to put us in a situation where we're gonna force them to throw the ball, which you know they weren't be a, they weren't you know effectively doing on us. Um, and so it's like, man, we're just we're trying to get it, we're trying to get some some consistency going um and it's it's been a struggle um it really has um and it here's the thing it's not because uh i don't think it's because of uh you know people are like oh we have all these injuries it's like we had opportunities like but it's just little things here and there and i, and I bring it back to myself um down in the red zone i think we had a a big play to dc um that got us down to the two yard line and i had two different opportunities to score um and it was it's just little technique things that i could have done differently i had a choice route um, where i kind of got bracketed hmm. and as i there's two guys sitting right here in cover four and i'm outside releasing and i sit down right next to this guy instead of splitting the difference like little things like that that spooked justin off of throwing me the ball right down there in the, in the red zone and then another we had a screen set up where I, I released way too early i'm way out in front of i'm catching the ball out here we're going to the right and my o-line's back here and it's like oh i gotta go up the field because there's guys and so i need to be in a better relationship so he can block for me and we can move together so it's like little things like that that i can control for myself that i wasn't as efficient wasn't as locked in on as I need to be. And so, you know, for me, for this team, I, I got to score touchdowns like that. I put that on myself. That is my responsibility. When it's in the red zone, I have to score touchdowns. Um, and that's been my role for this, 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 uh, this year. And that's, you know, what it's going to continue to be. Um, you know, hopefully we're getting some guys back, but if we don't, guess what? The guys that have been playing. have been giving us a chance, you know, and that's, that's all we can ask for in the NFL is a chance to win. Um, so shout out to, uh, you know, the 49ers, um, you know, we got Debo coming on, you know, you know, so they did their thing. They ended up getting the win, sustained enough, uh, consistency to get it. But yeah, for us looking forward, we got to be, uh, you know, we'll be able to sustain drives and put points on because our defense, I feel like did a good enough job, uh, for us to win that game. Yeah. I mean, early on, you know, I, I I'm, I'm here in a, in a legal betting state in, in Virginia, you know, uh, I, I can sit here and say like, Oh, Chris McCaffrey. I did, by the way, shout out to you. Uh, I was at the at a party with a bunch of my friends, you know, on Saturday at the baby shower for my sister. Shout out to to Summer. We're all very excited for her arrival. Um, and I'm like, oh, Austin Eckler, five and a half catches on, you know, whatever app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's, let me tell you what. He's, he's getting over five and a half. So shout out to you. You make me look smart there. Uh, but it's also like, <laughs> oh, Chris McCaffrey, 81 and a half. Chargers run defense, struggling a little bit this year. But you guys, you guys stopped the run pretty well on the, at least early on in the game. But, you know, some more cluster injuries, defensive tackle, stuff like that. So that's a good point. Oh, yeah. Man. The injuries, man. I this is the worst I've ever been a part of on the Chargers, where we've had this many guys with major injuries, right? Like major, you know. Like so, it's it's not great to see. Um, but I've been super proud about the guys that have been stepping up and and coming in and playing because, like I said, they've been giving us a chance, and literally that's all we can ask for. 
Um, so shout out to the guys getting their opportunity and making it happen. Yeah, Justin Herbert still threw some face melters in this game that early toss to DeAndre Carter that you point out. That that one looks even crazier when you go back and watch it on film than it did in real time. And it looked pretty damn crazy in real time when you're watching on the TV copy. <laughs> um, but still, under six yards per attempt uh, for the fourth straight week. It does sound like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams will practice this week. So fingers crossed. We hope those guys get back. But like you said, and I, I you know I always appreciate this about you, Austin. I try to operate the same way that it's like, okay, other people can do what what they want like other things are going to happen but it does come back down to you, you put a lot on yourself and that's why you're one of the best man so uh we, we appreciate that yeah um yeah man let's talk about the 49ers side here real quick because there's a lot of discussion um on the cmc thing uh from from sunday night at least in the fantasy world you know he gets 46 snaps he touches the ball 18 times elijah mitchell 25 snaps he touches the ball 19 times 18 carries 89 yards in the second half, he had more carries than CMC, nearly a 77% rushing success rate. The guy's just good, okay? And you've talked about this a yeah. lot, that um, a running back tandem can really help um, the starting running back. And I feel like they've got a great tandem there between CMC and Elijah Mitchell. We'll come back to the CMC thing in a second. But, man, I mean, that's just like, like you've said, that's always what you've wanted for yourself in the Chargers backfield. Yeah, man. When you have two guys like that, that you can go back and forth with, and no matter who's on the field, it's going to be a high level of, of production, man. Like at the end of the games, you feel good. Like you're able to stay fresh during the game. Cause you're like, when you get out there, you're like, yeah, I'm ready to go. Like I've been, you know, I've been, you know, having some, some time off, some reps off. Um, because like they ran the ball, I think 41 times. Like if, if it was one running back that took 41 carries, guess what? He's feeling a lot different. <laughs> Uh, today <laughs> than if he took only 19 you know and split it um and so guess what that adds up as the season goes on right and it's just obviously more uh you know uh uh risk for injury right where cmc it's been part of his you know his uh regimen or part of his history right it's some injury so i think he's in a, in a great spot to start to build onto a role where it's like hey we're, they're going to continue to expand like he's still new there they're going to continue to expand him into their scheme um is how i see that kind of blossoming uh you know it's it's not the 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 total volume that he's got where he had to be the entire offense, you know, over there in Carolina, he's coming into where guys have been established a little bit. He's got to learn the offense. He's got to kind of, like I said, uh, I guess, grow up into uh, this, the cracks that, that are needed there in San Fran and possibly, um, you know, create his own type of packages and own value there. And so, yeah, Elijah Mitchell, man, that guy, he was running hard, man. Like we're running, watching this guy on the side, like sheesh. Fresh off an injury um, too. Yeah, so uh, you know, props to both of those guys, man. I'm I'm excited to see how that plays out. And I, let's let's just follow it, man. We'll follow it as a as the season goes on. See see how these guys do. I, I bet they stay fresh, right? They're gonna stay fresh, and I bet bet that's gonna end up helping them win games in the end. It's a weird thing from the outside because everybody obviously is like, man, CMC just gets hurt too much, gets hurt too much, and then like as soon as you get in a situation where he can split some, take some of that wear and tear off of him with another back, it's like, no, 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 no. we want CMC getting all the touches. Like, okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, buddy! You can't. Very true. You can't have it both Very ways. True. You can't have it both ways. And I know this type of stuff doesn't get fantasy fans' juices flowing. Although it should, if you really, if you really like football, this should, this type of stuff should excite you. But you can watch the 49ers now when they have CMC there, just like you talked about earlier, like that choice route in the red zone against Cover Four, and like you drawing the attention of of two dudes. And I know you obviously want to run the route and, and get in the right space and everything like yeah. that. But the gravity that cmc has as a pass catcher you know opens things up for i mean the 49ers are loaded right like they've got debo and george kittle and brandon Ayuk, and like 
Sometimes people don't even bring up Brandon Ayuk. It's like, well, okay, that's a test if you're actually watching the games or not, because that guy's a stud. Like, I mean, <laughs> like they just yeah. have so many dudes there. And again, I know that doesn't get the juice to flowing because it doesn't show up in the box score, but that makes a huge difference to the offense. Yeah, absolutely. And because you guys have you have guys that you know are consistent all over the field. You know, so you know you never on that team, you don't know who's gonna pop off. You know, it might be someone, it might be Christian, it might be Debo, you know, it might be, you know, uh, Mitchell. Like, um, it's like you have all, you like you have all these guys that are so consistent that like that's exactly what you're looking for on offense, right? That's, I, you hear me say it every single week, consistency. How can we, how can we sustain drives? Well, we got to be consistent all the way through the schemes, right? We got to have guys that are consistently getting open, right? Like all of it comes down to consistency. And when you have guys that can play at a high level and have shown they can do it time in, time out, like that's where your consistency rises. That's where you, in the long-term, win games, right? Um, and so everyone's trying to search for that, you know? Yeah, well, the 49ers definitely have something going on there. And we will talk more about the AFC West in just a little bit. But first, Austin, we got to get into the mailbag here because we have some really interesting questions here remember people ask austin at yahoosports.com send your emails written audio video whatever to have austin answer your questions on a future episode we talked a little bit uh, a couple weeks ago about how the mailbag had been lacking um you gotta you gotta put some you gotta you lift with your knees now to get the mailbag up a little bit okay because that thing's getting a little bit heavy <laughs> nice. so we've got we've got right, we've good. got some good ones here starting good. off with this one from deborah how do you feel about playing at night under the lights versus during the daytime? Is it different due to your body clock or do your eyes focus better on the football when it's thrown during sunlight versus artificial light that's more evenly dispersed in a lit stadium? I mean, my God, Deborah has she's break she's breaking down lights. And I, I like it. I like it. Uh, she goes on to say, love the way you operate in the world, Austin. Keep killing it both on and off the field. P.S. Not only do I enjoy Eckler's Edge, but you've been my RB1 for two years on my fantasy team now. I hope you've become a commentator on TV after your playing career you've got the charisma thing down bruh okay again everybody keeps trying to poach austin to tv <laughs> i like having austin on the podcast so <laughs> let's cool it with the giving yeah. austin on tv thing yeah we'll show for the tv for now um but shout out to deborah i appreciate the question um but yeah i would say you know for the most part when we're playing during the day that's usually like during our practice time um so we're pretty used to you know, being active at that time, you know, our body clock is like, Hey, this is when we usually working out running around. Uh, but when you get to the late games, yeah, there's definitely, I would say a different feel. And this is different for everybody. Just depends on who you are, but I, I'm a night owl. Like my, my second win usually comes around like five, six o'clock. And so for me playing in, in prime time, like I, I like the night games, mm. but I would say I like the night games more than I like the day games. Um, just the feel, um, and it depends on the weather. If it's if it's cold, sure. I hate that. Yeah. Uh, but I'm in California, uh, so that's a, a a blessing there. But no, the lights, all that stuff, it definitely has a different effect on the ball. Um, obviously, because there's a lot more of them that are you know making more of a difference. Like you lose the ball at times, uh, but it's it's not really much to, I guess take away from the game obviously or they would you know adjust that you know like there's definitely times where it's like oh i lost the ball for a second but it was like a split second you can really track it you get wide eyes you're so focused on one thing yeah. that you kind of look through the light but yeah yeah I would, I would prefer the night games for sure yeah no i think I, look i love uh island games you know i love like the nighttime games and stuff because you get to really focus in on one thing so i'm with you on that one for completely different reasons although man i'll tell you what 
again, I'm I'm I live in California. I'm here on the East Coast right now, and like I forgot how hard it is to watch like night football at um on the East Coast. It starts at like eight fifteen, and um, you know, I I used to yeah. I used to be a night owl, Austin, but uh, I'm 31 and I'm washed now. So like these games ending at like. 1230 it's like i mean shoot uh, i should have been in bed a long time ago but uh, that's a whole nother conversation what time do you usually go to bed i am i mean i'm not like the craziest person i know some people like go to like 8 30 i'm i'm like usually we're, we're usually down for the night you know just in in bed like in, in the room at like 10 10 30 so okay that's not crazy okay. but uh, nah, not bad, not bad. if i got if i got a lot of work to do though i w- i can push it to like <laughs> I can I can reaccess those old like college days and be up to like two or three, but that's like I better have yeah. I better have a reason to be up that early because I prefer right, I prefer right. to get up and get going. But that's a just making sure you still got that young energy, man. Yeah. Listen, don't don't doubt me, okay? <laughs> don't 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 right, count I'm me out. Sure I didn't have to. Don't All count right. me out. I can I can uh, I can access the old uh, the old genes when I need to. <laughs> all right, this next one here nice. from Billy. Thanks for all your work on the show. Billy. Appreciate your insight and philosophy of bridging the gap between fantasy and real football players. A couple weeks ago, you popped up on the injury report midweek, obviously addressing Austin here, then close out the week off the report. Traditionally, it felt like popping up midweek was a death sentence to players playing on Sunday. This year, it feels like the opposite, that they're actually more likely to play. I can think of a few guys who I panicked about midweek for my teams alone uh, that ended up playing. You, Tyreek, Deontay Johnson, and this week with Jarek McKinnon. Am I imagining this? Is it just randomness? Or is it part of a larger strategic trend that teams are applying to managing players? health yeah i mean with the injury report it's so much like information that's not put out to the public you know i feel like when the reports come out it's like the most vague thing that is going on with the actual injury or it's like like for me it was like oh abdomen you know like what well, what does that mean like <laughs> yeah. he's got some something on the abdomen like is it did he did i shred it in half you know is it did he you know i had a little i got a bruised abdomen you know, is it, you know, I'm feeling sick in that area. I, I don't know. Like, you don't really know how bad is it. So w- when it comes out, like, questionable or doubtful, like, really, you, you don't. You can listen to what the GM is putting out there or what the coach is putting out there. But it really comes down to following it throughout the week and seeing, did that player practice? Were they limited? Things like that, which I think gives you the best indicator because there's not really much that comes out when it's with our injuries. For good reason, too, to protect us. Um, and because there's some uncertainties, some yeah. stuff we're like, oh, you know what? It's actually feeling better. I might be actually be able to play through this. And sometimes it's like the opposite where it's like, oh, this is actually worse than we actually thought. And I'm not going to be able to play through this. So that's why we kind of pr- like to protect ourselves um, so that we're not putting something out there. And it's like, oh, now we have to backtrack. And that's just not it's just not efficient when it comes to talking about injuries. So, yeah, that. That's why you maybe have seen that. Maybe just the players that you've seen and, you know, had your uh, eyes on as Billy, you know, been the players that have come back, luckily for you, because I feel like that's probably not the case with, you know, everybody where it's like, gosh, like, I don't know. But like I said, follow through the week. Were they limited, you know, didn't practice or were they full go? That's going to be your best indicator if they're going to play or not. Yeah. Each individual team manages the injury report really differently. You know, like um, and at some points, I remember actually we talked about CMC earlier. He he made a joke this year that he ended up being limited on the injury report or like what they're like all these reports, but he left the practice field. He's like, I feel like I could go take a leak right now. And like, they'd I'd be listed on the injury report, you know, in the middle of practice or something like that. So every team manages it differently. It's, it makes it difficult to track, but uh, that is the, that is the job. And it's, um, 
yeah, it's just something that you just have to keep. Look, somebody gets on the injury report, just keep on tracking it, man, because there's no like rhyme or reason to every single team doing everything the exact same way. And, and players' individual bodies, just like listeners, you out there, your individual bodies are all really different. Uh, I, I even said like when Austin popped up on the – this is my favorite thing now, Austin, that I'm ho- hosting the show with you. You popped up on the injury report that with the abdomen, and people asked me like, any insight into this? I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 oh, yeah. yeah. They found the back door. Yeah, sure. They found the back uh, door. <laughs> typically how it goes is Austin files a report with me after every practice to let me know which body parts at 80% versus yeah. 90%. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. That's how it goes. Um, I was like, I made the joke. I was like, oh, we just had Rain Wilson on the show. Maybe he's still, you know, he laughed a little too hard. He's got a stitch in his, his side. I'm like, come on, give me a break. What the hell do That's I That's a good one. That's um, a good one. Anyway, yeah, so, uh, so injury reports can be tough to track, but you got to keep doing it. Last one up here we've got from Mayer. hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Hi, Austin. Thanks for recommending the Palmer pickup. He had a big game against the Falcons right after this one. Help me win in two of my leagues. Yeah, shout out to you for that one, Austin. Curious to know about your thoughts on players who are openly unhappy with their current team slash coaching staff, but stuck with them. He uh, has a couple of examples here. Elijah Moore, Brandon Cooks, Cam Akers, Kenny Galladay. I know personal and professional should be kept separate, but in your world, these things are all out in the open. There's video leaks, tweets, people talking about it, media, etc. How do you think this type of behavior would impact your relationship with such players, especially since you personally hold yourself to such high standards on and off the field? Obviously, these all four, these four individual examples, number one, we don't know what goes into every single one of them. And just from the outside, to me, thinking critically about it, they all four appear for very different reasons and are very different. So we don't have to talk about those four individual guys, but just generally thoughts on this. Yeah, I mean, you got to think of the NFL. Like for us, it's it's our job. Like everyone sees us on Sunday, but it's like, it's like for you, Matt, like your work-life balance, like your quality of life at work, like for whoever's listening, um, for Mayor who, who put this in, like your work-life balance, like how do you enjoy your job? Like it's the same thing for us. We're going into the office, uh, the office, right? Our facility is what we call it. Um, I was just there this morning, right? Like seeing the guys doing the workout and it's like, I'll be in there tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And so we have the same type of instances that you do, whether you like your coworkers, you like the, the place that you're at, um, but you also have obligations too, you know, whether you're, you know, on salary for, you know, X amount of years or a contracted year, like we have business obligations. So even if you don't like it, guess what? That's too damn bad. You know, you can, you can do things to try to get a trade or try to, you know, I guess get released in some cases, but guess what? Like if that's rejected, you're going to have to live on with it. You know, that's the business that we're in. Like there's, there's nothing you can do about it. You signed up for this unless you just straight up just retire, uh, which uh, there's implications with that um, of you coming back. Um, So it's not like, it's not like it really matters. You know, what matters is the business side is, Hey, does the organization feel the same way? And they want, there has to be a mutual uh, feeling. And so if the organization's like, no, we still think that you add a lot of value. We still want you to be here. Guess what? You're going to be subject to the terms that you'd agreed upon, um, whether your feelings are hurt or not. And look, you might be in a situation where it's not working out for you. Well, guess what? <laughs> That's life. Unfortunately, you know, you got to have to push through that and then try to get it figured out. Probably in the off season is the best, I would say the best chance for you to get anything figured out uh, where it's not 
in the full flow because now you're constricted by what we have on the roster, you know, you know, who we have as far as personnel, um, what's available out there for trades, who wants to trade if no one wants to trade, you know, so there's way too many factors that play in during the season for you to try to, I feel like, make too many drastic moves. Not saying it can't happen. It's definitely happened. Um, it'll happen every single year, but it's just tough. Um, it's really tough and it, it, it sucks, you know, for guys that are in a situation, just like for anyone that's in a situation where like, man, I wish I had a different instance with my job or wanted to go to, to a different company. Like, yeah, but guess what? <laughs> you better put your boots on and get out there and keep going to work because the bills are, the, the money's still going to keep rolling into you. And so they're still expecting you to go out there and do your job. Yeah. And, you know, there's difference between like organizational success and individual success. And again, I'm just thinking about this from like my own personal work life. You know, I, there's, I've definitely been stuck with people. I'm not necessarily just in like football media, but like you work with people sometimes that you don't like. Right. Like and, and you don't get yep. along. But that means that doesn't mean that you can take you, you want to tank your own individual value. You can do that even if it's even if the the team continues to go forward and win games or your company continues to find success, bring in revenue like they can succeed without you. And even if you think they wronged you in some way, everybody else from the outside is just going to see like, well, this guy, this person is not doing their job to the best of their ability. And then that comes back on you. It doesn't come back on the company yeah. or the team or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's always tough in these situations. Um, I, I would say just like you, it always comes back to what we say all the time. It, you can control what you can control and you try to put your best play on the field or you try to put your best um, foot forward at your own individual job and hope that when opportunity comes, um, you take advantage of it uh, then, but it, it's t every circumstance is different. It's so tough too, man, because we get locked into contracts, right? That are you know a few years long. Where it's like our careers are not that long, yeah. You know, or as far as like our career, you might if you're lucky, you get to the second contract, right? If you're good enough, you get to the second contract. You know, that's for most for most players. Like I said again, for most players, they don't get to the second contract. You know, like to the big, the second year deal, you know, play, uh, paid out, right? So like in players like my situation where it's like, man, I've got some years under my belt. Like you have to be very careful with how you're structuring your contract. Like, are you are you going to be playing at this level? Are you going to continue to grow in a role? Like how long do you want to be stuck in this type of pay, right? And there's, there's a gamble on both sides. Like you want a longer contract to basically hedge yourself in. So if you do have a down year where you're still getting paid, you know, but if you have an up year, you're going to be like, man, like I want to get paid more. So you don't want your contract to be too long, you know, so there's this balance. And then there's, you know, on top of that, the quality of life and the situation of the team, you know, that you also have to, um, you know, uh, you know, put into the factor as well. And as you get older, I feel like that becomes more of an actual factor and to where you want to go play at, um, you know, and less about the the monetary value in, in the contract link. It's more like, hey, do, am I going to have success here? Am I going to enjoy my time here while I'm playing? Um, and I think you see that a lot within within basketball too. Yeah. You know, where it's like, what's the quality of life of the team? Who are the players on the team? Okay, I'll go there, you know, with some of those older players. And so, you know, when you're a younger player, you don't really get a ch choice. It don't matter because when you're a younger player, you don't really care yeah. much about the situation. You just want to get an opportunity, you know. And so, you know, as we get older, we have a little bit more of a of a idea of how the NFL works, what we like, what we don't like, what's been working for us in the past, what we think our role should be, um, and it doesn't always align with what the organization is. But you know, you got to come to a, a point in your life where it's like, okay. Let me keep grinding, take advantage of this, and then you know, hopefully that opens the door for something next for me that's a little bit better in a situation where you would like it to be. 
All right, that was great stuff. If you think you don't want to send in a mailbag question, you, you're crazy. Again, ask Austin <laughs> at yahoosports.com. We're going to take a quick break before we kick it around the AFC West real quick before we welcome on Debo Samuel. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. And we're back. Uh, AFC West. As I mean, as the AFC West uh, turns, man, I had this whole big idea about a weekly check-in on this damn division, um, and it hasn't really lived uh. up. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't really lived up to my excitement. Ugh. I mean, Chiefs are seven and two. You guys are five and four. You know, you're still fighting. The other two teams in division, man. I- I'm really focusing in on them when I say they haven't held up to their end of the bargain. Um, I want to talk about the Raiders here in a little bit uh, before we preview your game. But before we do that, on the Broncos, man, I just want to read off a couple of stats here. Uh, Broncos are three and six. If the Broncos had scored exactly 18 points in regulation of every game this year, they would be eight and one. 18 points, Austin. Wow. That's not very many, by the way. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Shout out to that defense, man. That defense is getting it done. That's exactly what I was going to say. The Broncos defense right now is 12th in EPA, uh, rushing EPA allowed. They're third in passing EPA allowed. They've just been balling right now. You talk about how difficult that defense is to go against. I think the offensive line, you know, right around league average in a variety of metrics, too. It's tough, man, because I'm I'm not trying to single out like Russell Wilson here, but I, I'm curious from a player perspective. Your team goes out and makes this big swing for for one guy, like a trade, right? And it doesn't. It's not working out. From you know, I mean, scoring eight. This they're not scoring 18 points. Like they're not putting points on the board, right? The offense is not good. Anybody with eyes can see that. What? How do you how do you start to feel like as an individual player? It kind of seems like it comes back to what we just talked about, where like you start to start you take care of what you can take care of and. The rest will figure itself out, man. But your team makes this big swing. It doesn't work out. What What is, like, how do you avoid, like, just guys starting to play just for themselves or, like, just people start looking around locker rooms and playing the blame game, stuff like that? Oof. Oof. We're getting deep. Getting deep into locker room philosophy. Um, really, man, it comes down to your leaders, man. Like, when you're a team, like I've been on teams that won like four games in a season, like it comes down to your leaders keeping people together so that when we go out there and practice, when we go out there and play, like, look, we're, we know we're struggling. We know we're struggling. Like it's not a secret. You know, we feel that more than anybody feels that because uh, we're putting in the work. Like I said at the beginning of this, we're putting in the work and we feel those losses, right? For multiple reasons, you know, for us, for the organization, for our family, everything, right? So when you're out there, it's, it's, it's so important for the leaders to keep the team together. Keep the team together so we can continue to push forward. Like, look, even if we're struggling, guess what? We got to go out there and we got to play, right? And so when we're out there, we need each other. Yeah, we're struggling, but guess what? We have a new opportunity to try and go execute, to try again, right? Let's begin again. You know, Philip Rivers used to always say, he used to say, nunc chepe. I think is how it says. It's like Latin for we begin again. He used to say that all the time. It was on the walls and stuff. Like, we begin again, right? And re- regardless of what happens, man. So that's that's what I hope the leadership over there is, you know, voicing to the to the rest of the team. is like, look, let's stay together because 
you don't want to get into a, in a situation where now it's like blank because then it's uncomfortable to even come into work like you don't even want to look people in the face because like there's like this this like weird feeling like if people are calling people out and saying it's all your fault because this is a team game sure if someone's struggling someone else has got to pick up the slack and even if you don't do that guess what you got to go out there and play if you guys if you don't have the guys to get that done like it doesn't matter so man like and you know i said this before but paper doesn't play football you know and our organizations the ownership they look at this as a long game and so like sure it hasn't worked out it hasn't worked out this year, but it's like, uh, let's, I mean, I'm curious to see the bounce back. You know, this this season still hasn't ended yet. We still have a lot of football to play. So, you know, crazy things can still happen. That's why the NFL is so, so great. Uh, but I'm really interested to see how this team plays out next year um, as far as Russ. Because I, I feel like, man, th- there's no way that he's going to play this level back-to-back years. Uh, I feel like he's going to have some type of, some type of come up. And I, I mean, Sure, he's into my division, but I just like to see good football being played. All right, man, that's good stuff on the Broncos and and on the Raiders too. Like they're they're going through the same thing, so I don't know that we need to keep kind of hitting that point. Before we get to the Debo Samuel interview, you guys are facing the Chiefs again on Sunday Night Football. Hey, you talked about those night games earlier. You could be getting a lot of more like, more of these night games here coming up. Um, <laughs> the last time you guys faced him was a hell of a game, twenty seven twenty four in Kansas City in Week Two. What I know you're looking for, you're looking to, to even the score here, Austin. Um, it, it, good, good. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens, man. These AFC West games, you guys are carrying it this division right now at this point. Look, we're trying, we're damn sure trying. Um, like I said, it goes back to that love hate relationship, man. The love hate, like I love it, but no, <laughs> I hate it when we lose, man. Yeah, um, so yeah, we got the Chiefs coming into town, you know, into our, into our stadium. So yeah, it's gonna be a battle, like just like every game is, but you know, when it's the Chiefs that are top of our division, there's a little bit more motivation, right? There's a little bit extra as far as what you're trying to play for. Um, not that we're not fully motivated before, but now it's like we, we got to knock these guys off, man. Um, they're top in our division. You know, they've play, been playing some good ball. The average of, what, like 30 points a game, something crazy. Yeah. Mahomes has been popping off. So, yeah, it's going to be a battle. I'm excited to see the matchup. Uh, I think our, ma- our defense matches up well against them. And it's going to come down to us on offense, too, because we know they're, they're going to score points. Like, you know, as much as we want our defense to, to, you know, stop them, guess what? They do a really good job scoring points. So we got to answer, right? Our defense can only hold so much. Like, you you, you brought up uh, the Broncos stat, right? Mm-hmm. Defense is killing it out there. Offense, if they don't score points, guess what? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Right? Um, so that's what it comes down to us. That's the side of the ball I'm obviously on. So that's where I'm a little bit more biased. Um, and I got to make sure I'm doing my part and making plays and getting in the dang end zone. Well, hey, defensively, you guys uh, played better against the run than I think people would have expected against the 49ers. See, there's been a little bit of a changing of the guard in the Chiefs' backfield. Uh, CEH, li- very limited last week in terms of his playing time. This guy, Isaiah Pacheco led the team in snaps that guy might be a little bit raw you know really late round pick as a rookie but i mean i mean hey he, he brings a lot of pop there so that's one guy for fantasy managers to keep an eye on um we'll see I, i'm definitely curious to get your scouting report on isaiah pacheco after this game is over so we will talk about that next week but hey austin we got to throw to debo here we got a big interview coming up let's get to it all right now joining eckler's edge for the second time it's Debo Samuel, 49ers star wide receiver. Debo, appreciate you coming on the show, man. I think this is the first time we've had somebody that just played Austin uh, join the show, like literally right after the game ends. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like 36 hours ago, something like that. You know, we're out there beating up on each other. <laughs> 
Uh, all right, Debo, you're here. Uh, you're partnering with Snickers uh, for the rookie mistake of the year. Tell us a little bit about what you got going on there, man, because Austin and I were both kind of uh, we're, we're interested to hear uh, looking at this thing backstage. <laughs> um, one, you know, I'm proud partner of Snickers because, you know, as a kid, you know, you're eating all the candy. So it's great to get a partnership with them. But um, on another note, you can you can go to Snickers.com slash rookie of the year mistake to um, for more info. Also, the winner. Uh, you get two tickets to the Super Bowl 57 in Arizona for sure. Hey, hey, let's go. <laughs> Do you have any uh, standout moments of rookie mistakes that you made? We were talking about this before the show. I, got um, a I remember I, my first game. Um, you know how we play. Um, you know how we block and stuff like that. I didn't have my I didn't mm-hmm. have my mouthpiece in, and I um, oh, I shit. bit my tongue. Um, Damn. Kyla, Kyla never let me forget that. And even though I was still tired, um, yeah. I ain't, that's one. I couldn't really think of one off the top of the head that's kind of out yeah. um, at the moment. But, yeah, I definitely remember that one. Nice. Uh, I had this one. We were playing Jacksonville my rookie year, and we had Phillip Rivers as our quarterback. And he is not mobile and cannot run at all. Um, and he started scrambling out to the right. And I remember I turned up field to block a dude instead of trying to go and get open. And I just remember him throwing the ball like – like right behind me at my feet and just ripping me. Eckler, I'm not going to run the ball. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, sh- I should probably know that. But that was like, I didn't know I didn't play with this guy very much, yeah. you know? So uh, that was one of my rookie mistakes that I made. Good stuff, man. I like that. I like that. Rookie oh. mistake. Shout out to Snickers for, uh, you know, having that cool segment and giving away some Super Bowl tickets. That's what's up. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, man, nothing's more uh, irritating than when you, like, bite your own tongue. Obviously, different situation, but, but I mean, my God, it's like, come on. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? <laughs> been, a long, been alive long enough not to make that mistake. But, hey, we all make rookie mistakes. Um, Debo, man, you guys right now, Austin and I were talking about it uh, before we had you on. Your offense is just loaded with playmakers right now i mean yeah you're smiling about it because it's awesome to see uh you know you've got you you've got brandon Ayuk, you've got george kittle cmc brought in there you guys get elijah mitchell back he's popping off big runs against the chargers sorry austin i know you're right here but we're just talking about your team in this way but debo how do you see yourself sort of melding in with christian right now because you guys do some similar things even though nominally you play different positions it's just crazy um i can go play running back he can go play wide out um, it's just the missing matches that, you know, with this, with Kyle, with his big old head and him being an offensive guru, um, <laughs> he's going to figure out ways to, to, to create havoc out there in some, some way, shape or form. But, um, it's just crazy. Um, especially getting Elijah back, um, the way he was running the ball and the way Christian was running the ball and how all the other guys was operating out there on, uh, during the game as well. Yeah, man. I, we were talking about, it, it's like, I always talk about consistency, man. And when you have guys like yourself that have been playing at a high level at that caliber and you guys can stay consistent you have multiple guys that can get it done all over the field bro like that that's what you want as an offense like that's what you're trying to get you want guys that it doesn't matter you already know you look around the locker room like oh yeah we're gonna have a day today someone's gonna pop off you know um so yeah that's what i'm looking for in my offense like ah like that's we're all trying to be we're all trying to be that (laughs) that that group that's like damn look at these guys um you guys got that right now so uh i'm excited to see uh your guys just run down this this last stretch of the the season man heck yeah yeah, I love too just the way you guys all play off play off each other because I mean everybody's pretty good after the catch. That's always important in a Shanahan offense. You know, I mean you, Debo. I think you're the best wide receiver in the NFL after the catch. Um, that's why you you know doing all the running back stuff last year. Like you can do that when you're that good in the open field. Um, but 
Brandon, you know, he's a guy who can really dictate coverages on the outside as like a press release receiver. I, I was a big, big Brandon Ayuk guy going into last year in terms of like, oh, I think he's going to take this next step. He's going to be this breakout receiver. And we saw a little bit in the second half of the year. But what has the development and how have you kind of played a part in developing Brandon into being like a big time player at this point? He's leading the team. Obviously, he's been healthy, but he's leading the team in receiving yards, touchdowns, stuff like that. I wouldn't say I too much had a had a um effect on him. Um, I seen him come back from this offseason and seen the way that he was operating and how how fast and how deliberate he was and how attention to detail that he was when he came back. And um, I wasn't too much surprised. Um, I've seen that in Brandon since he's been here. Um, I'm just really, really happy that he's he's getting a lot of ops. And, and you know what I'm saying? He's showing the world what he's capable of. And um, he's been doing it for a while. It's just getting more opportunities at this point. Good stuff. Good stuff. I got a question, too. Since we're on a fantasy show, um, talking about fantasy, have you dabbled in fantasy at all this year? Petty attention to it? Never played fantasy. Don't know too much about it. I <laughs> Never. Well, well, you're... You're definitely a factor <laughs> on people's fantasy teams. So people uh, I know out there are, are thanking you for what you do. Um, and I always just try to bring this into people, uh, guys that come on the show. It's like, man, like one of the best value ads from fantasy, bro, is you get to add fans from across the entire nations that are fan of Debo. They're not a fan of San Francisco 49ers. They're a fan of Debo just because you're scoring points out there in fantasy. So uh, I know that there's a lot of people out there that want to say thank <laughs> you to you. Um, you know, so, hey. Look, we're trying to we're trying to trying to eliminate some of the toxicity out there in the fantasy community, right? So that's why we do this show, you know, just to show that hey, we're guys too, like we're we're humans too, like like come out here, like show us the respect. We're trying to score as many points as we can for our own team, and then that just carries <laughs> over into your your fantasy team at the same time. So yeah, just got uh, got to throw that yeah, in there. Sure. Um, but what else we got, Matt? Yeah, I think it's an important conversation, too, to talk about a team like in San Francisco when it comes to fantasy, like we, we said earlier, that all of these guys are out there. Like, it's going to be pretty hard for everybody to stuff the stat sheet in a single game, but that's not what it's about. For you guys, it's about actually winning ball games, you know? And so. there's so much, so much that like Debo does to distract uh, the defense. And then that brings opportunities for CMC and vice versa. And, and George Kittle out there, like blocking his ass off too, man. And, and yeah, I'm glad you brought up the rookie mistake thing about the blocking. Cause that's a, a key thing in your guys offense. But Debo, I, I'm curious just about inner team dynamic stuff because you, I think it goes undersold how much transition you guys have had to deal with, you know, with the Jimmy Garoppolo, like coming back into it, you know, you lose Trey Lance for the year. What has the message been from Kyle Shanahan to sort of keep everybody on the same page and just on like on track to the same goal, which is obviously winning a championship. You guys were this close last year. I don't too much think it's a message. I think we have, um, even though, you know, Kyle play a big part in it. Um, I think we have the players and the mindset and, what we know is at stake and we know what, what kind of team we have as well. Um, with, you know, um, nobody ever seen one, nobody wanted to see Trey, you know what I'm saying? Get hurt. Um, it kind of took the heart and soul out of the team at the moment, but in this league, it, it's things that happen. Um, it's a good thing that, you know what I'm saying? We kept Jimmy around and it wasn't a big old drop off from, from Trey to Jimmy with him knowing the offense, but, um, we know it's at stake. That's why we, um, we got a lot of guys back, um, this past week and, um, hopefully continue to get it rolling. Yeah. Love to see it. Hey, my, my last question for you, Debo, and we'll see if Austin has any more. Um, I do a lot of work charting wide receivers. It's my favorite position uh, it, it, to watch. It's my favorite position to kind of break down on coaches' film and study and stuff like that. What's your favorite route to run, uh, it, you know, within any given play? I don't know. You have to turn tape on and see. 
<laughs> I mean, I, I, Matt, you I think you run. I think you run a hell of a dig route. I think you might be the best dig route runner in the NFL. Those in route stuff like that, unbelievable against zone coverage. And Jimmy's had a had a great sense of timing over the years, like rifling that ball in on zone coverage against the middle of the field. Man, it's a that would be my favorite. Uh, so that's Appreciate my it. answer to my own Appreciate question, man. So shout out to you. <laughs> Yeah, Matt is uh he breaks down everybody. So he he's got a chart of you for sure. 100 uh, percent Knowing all the rest you read. Uh well I'm glad I just get to answer my good own stuff. question there. Austin, anything else before we let Debo get out of here? No, that's good. Appreciate brother. you. All right, Debo, yeah, appreciate you, you joining the show, man. Keep crushing it this year. Good luck to you and the 49ers the rest of the way, man. Yeah, appreciate you. All right, shout out to Debo. That was awesome. Austin, shout out to you. Another great episode. That's gonna do it for us, man. Yeah, good stuff, man. Always a pleasure. Hope everyone listening uh, finds some value in this, you know, whether it's from mindset, whether it's from fantasy football, whether it's from me diagnosing some of these uh, these uh, mailbag questions. Uh, I appreciate you all that are listening. Add value to us as well through those questions. Uh, but yeah, Matt, looking forward to next week, man. I feel like these last three or four episodes, we have covered so much within like 45 minutes to an hour that if people are not extracting yeah. value in it some way, I mean, I might be time to change the, change the headphones, change the earphones, <laughs> figure that out. Cause I, I feel like we got, we got like two or three types of different episodes all within one. So that's podcast. That's podcast. That's baby. right. That's what it's all Bang. about. All right. Well, Hey, you can follow Austin on Twitter or Instagram at Austin Eckler. You can follow me at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And for God's sakes, while you're there, Follow at Yahoo Fantasy as well. I'll be back tomorrow with Dalton Del Don for a packed Stat Nerd Thursday, giving you the one thing you need to know, the one stat you need to know on all 32 NFL teams. Until then, we're out. <laughs>